Alpinists and Trespassers Take the scenic route through the foothills. Stop to smell the wild Edelweiss. And remember that what happens in the government-protected wildland preservation stays in the government-protected wildland preservation. Because it's time to talk till to me. <laughs> that was my sexy voice, could you tell? Do you uh, come around this geographical area often? <laughs> Visit these nondescript trees regularly? It's a four-day walk to... Uh... Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Sane. And I am Nick McGill. <laughs> Together... We are Feckless Moans. And, oh, this is, uh, it's, it's Talk Tell to Me. A weekend ramble through the common lands of prog rock in which Nick and I will put on our hiking boots and exercise our right to roam across the recorded works of seminal band Jethro Tull. We will fill our bar backpacks with Palmer pastries, <laughs> John Evan Johnny cakes, and Barrymore Barlow biscuits as we struggle up Mount Glasscock. Every summit an album, every footstep a song, we will not stop unless Old Man Anderson mistakes us for poachers and unloads his double-barreled flute at us. A lot of, a lot of carbs. A lot of carbs <laughs> on that meal. Well, doing a lot of exercise. I guess, yeah. Not a balanced, not a balanced diet. I mean, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> Hi, Omen. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. I forgot your name. Uh, Ian. It's Ian. Okay. Yes, welcome back to the podcast. We will be spending the next 45 minutes or so talking Tull, won't we? With that, we will. A very specific Tull song. It is the, is it the opener off of Side B, dare I say it? I I dare you to. Dare me? A triple dog dare you. It is, in fact, the opener off of side B. We are going to be talking Velvet Green today. However, let's not get too hasty because before we do that, we're going to do a little bit of this. (laughs) That's right. It's time to play What Are You Drinking? Nick. Omen. Shall I tell you what I'm drinking? Yes. Yours is the the more mild of the two, Beveri. Uh, so why don't you tell us what you have? I am drinking a lovely cup of Yorkshire gold tea with a little splash of cow's milk and no sugar. And by a little splash of cow's milk, I mean more cow's milk than probably most people take in their tea. I like it quite milky. But Yorkshire Gold is a, a delightful blend of teas, which was first introduced to me by my stage combat and breathing professor at Sarah Lawrence. And then I rediscovered it when I started dating my wife, whose family is English. Did she know that she was your wife at the time? No, I told her later. Oh, okay. It's good to clear those up pretty early on. Yeah, I kept it as a surprise for a while. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's pleasant. You know, as long as she consented in the end, it's, it's really okay. We have two, we, we have two main types of tea in this house. We have Yorkshire gold and Twinings. Twinings is for my wife. Yorkshire gold is for me. I'm a Yorkshire gold man. 
And I once calculated it. She drinks approximately. I want you to imagine a fish tank, Nick. Yes, imagining fish in it or no. You can have fish in it, but okay, just cool. it's the it's the fish tank itself, which is important. Now okay. make it bigger. Okay, gold goldfish or no, no. Okay, think about really an aquarium. Yes, you know, got it. Okay, think about the biggest, demet like, commercially available aquarium. If you're not a science lab, I've never seen goldfish in an aquarium. Okay, I want you to imagine a seventy-five gallon fish tank. Okay, that's a big goldfish. Now fill it with tea. Uh huh. And it will kill the goldfish. That is how much tea my wife drinks per month. <laughs> Glad we got there. I knew it was going somewhere. Yeah. No, I did calculate it, and she drinks approximately 75 gallons of tea a month. Wow. That's that's rough. Uh, that's good. I mean, great. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a year. That's a year. Oh, okay. That's year. Yeah, okay. That, that makes, makes way a, more sense. Um, that's a lot healthier than, yeah. She would be <laughs> desiccated if that were the case. I'm a, I'm a Harney and Sons rooibos guy myself. Oh, it's very yummy. And and then do do a bag of that and a bag of their cinnamon as well. Oof, primo. It's not what I'm drinking today, though. No, Nick, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking Flying Embers Hard Kombucha. Hmm. It is grapefruit with a hint of thyme. Wow. Ooh, sounds like it has a pleasant mouthfeel. There was just a hint of like the last 10 seconds in there. Grapefruit with a hint of thyme. Yeah, it's like it's like grapefruit, and then th- someone throws a sprig of thyme at you out of a moving vehicle. Yeah, it like it glances my cheek, and I I yeah. just barely get the the odor, the bouquet, but the, mm. not much more. Yeah, mm. sounds delight sounds delightful. It, I it's, um, it is I good. love it's a nice. hard kombucha. I love a hard booch. Um, since I'm treating my body better, I've I've backed off of beer. I don't know if you could tell. But hard booches and hearts and hard seltzers are really the way to go if you're not looking to bulk up on yeah unnecessary carbs. I've actually and stepped back from the beer ledge myself uh, in recent months, and I find that I have fewer headaches because jumping off of it, you would just land on a pile of bottles, and it'd be useless. That's that's. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, pro- you're probably more hydrated than you you used to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking more liquor. Oh, so much, so much, so, so much more liquor. Did I did I say I was drinking tea today? It's just it's straight liquor. It's it is grain out the alcohol. So Nick, anything else that we need to talk about before we dive into the song itself today? Just one final note about the album itself. I have the text from a UK music paper advert for this okay. album from. From back in the day, from 70-sometime. From back in the day, unless they started advertising it in, like, the 90s, which would be a little a little too late. Yeah. Quote, Jethro Tull presents Songs from the Wood. Sounds factual so far. <laughs> a, a new album of old magic. Ooh. Yeah, I like that line. Songs from the Wood. It's inspired by the thought that perhaps nature isn't as gentle as we'd like to believe. And it Hmm. takes as its theme the natural and supernatural inhabitants of the woodlands of old England. Warm and friendly, harsh and bitter by turns, it includes Ring Out Solstice Bells, as well as Hmm. Tull's new single, The Whistler, and seven other songs. Find a quiet spot and listen to it soon. Wow, that's, um... What, What text? 
I don't think I've ever seen that much text in any advertisement as long as I've been alive. Well, people people had a different relationship to the world in those days, and um, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, advertising was different. Advertising used to used to describe the product. Yes, right. It wasn't just a picture of someone half naked and generally roughly relating to the product itself. Yeah, you're right. That's valid. Although uh, I don't have any of the pictures for that text, so it could have been, I don't know, John Evan in like... Reclining half naked on a, on a yeah. boat? Yeah, or not necessarily a boat, maybe uh, maybe a piano. A horse. Or a horse. Horse works too. A horse piano. Horse. Those, those very famous horse pianos from the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's delightful, Nick. Uh, anything else before we dive into the song? No, 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 no. I think I think it is is time. I hope you have prepared yourself. I hope you've steeled yourself for what is about to come, because I mean, pun intended. There is a, a lot about to. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm deeply let's sorry. Let's roll. Let's roll the track. Roll the footage. Roll the foot fetish. Mm. Okay, all joking aside, which the next 45 minutes will be filled with. Filled with the sides. There's going to be a lot of innuendo and blatant references here and there in this song. So if you got young ones listening, maybe if you don't want to have any talks with them, maybe save this for when you're not dropping them off for, for band practice. Or or do it. And, you know, if we, we'll break the ice for you. You, you just got to yeah. pick up the pieces. That's fine. Tune into our other podcast, Talk Booty time to me. Preach puberty to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're good at those. You're good at those I, I'm, I'm a, mm, I love a good alliteration. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you for saying that, Nick. Wow. I had uh, to, I had to slightly light, loosen my tie. It's, uh, the, the 1950s, the only way you would show emotion is you loosen your tie a little bit. Just a little Maybe bit. if you've had five scotches and someone has danced upon you, you undo that top button. But I mean, Let's, for propriety's sake, let's not. Yeah, let's not do that. So that is six minutes. Every piece of glass in the booth is steamy right now. Uh, it's, it's, whew, it's nice. It's zesty. I, I have to say, Nick, I, I love this song so much. And it's good. I, it's such a pleasure to listen to. And yeah, it's great. It's, it's one of those, it's such a great way to start out the second side of the album. Yeah. Mm hmm. It, it, even even when we experienced it, you know, buying buying a CD from <laughs> Barnes and Noble down at the mall. Yeah, yeah. This was really a a highlight, a kind of refreshing moment of the album. Yeah, it's there's a, a darkness to it. There's a mystery, and when you're not following along lyric for lyric, there is a there is an innocent mystery to it. You know, there is there is a feeling of like, ooh, what are, what am I getting into? Who am I meeting? What's going on here? And then and then when you realize what it's about, it's like I I need to change my life decisions. But if you if you realize what it's about, <laughs> if you do, which I like, I said last week, I didn't really realize what it was until prepping for this episode. I I went through and listened and read along, and boy howdy. Mm. Boy, howdy. I, I always knew what it was about. Yeah, I, I just felt it. Felt it in my soul. Felt it in my 
McQuivers, McWithers. Let's talk about the music. There's a lot mm. to mm-hmm. unpack there. There is. It is a, like the rest of this album, it is a musically dense, complex, and damn good song. Yeah. It's the, the structure of it really fascinates me. So we have what I would describe as two or three primary elements in it musically. Okay. Or two or three sounds, you know, that, that we come back to. The first one is the, what I would describe as the, the courtly dancing moment. Mm, okay. Yeah, that harpsichord synth right right out of the gate, the very first sound that we yeah. hear for the song. Yeah. Also, like what a what a lovely punch, like you said, for the first song off of this side of the album. Like right out of the gate. Very great sound, very modern, but old at the same time. Yeah, you it know works. right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to describe, but you know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more of a feeling than anything else. You know right where you feel. <laughs> you feel you feel it all, yeah. <laughs> Both hands where I can see it. <laughs> Hand check, yeah. <laughs> so we have that section, uh-huh. and you know, and yes, right out of the gate, we have that that beautiful, the syntho harps. <laughs> paired with the bass, giving you that kind of jaunty, formal mm-hmm. feeling. Very. Uh, this is another bass forward song. Through we hear that through the rest of it, yeah. Yes, it's all about that bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. We then have the flute coming in at a few moments. Yep. But the character of it, of it doesn't really change until the drums come in. Mm-hmm. And when they do, I think that they start to propose a sense of carnality to this song. Foreshadow, a foreskin shadow, a little cornet carnalness. The shadow of the four. There, yeah, there is just inherently there is something more bestial, more animal mm. about the drums. Yeah, I mean, we can play with the word bass. You know, it it it, ha- it is a bass sound, mm. and it and it recalls to us our bass instincts, our instincts to play the bass. And there is a there is a reason that. Drummers are stereotyped. There's a reason that Animal, the drummer of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, is, is a, the a sexiest character. one. And he's also the sexiest one. And there's a reason Dave Grohl is could take me to bed any night of the week. <laughs> Who is Dave Grohl? He was the drummer for Nirvana. He's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters and guitarist. He did the drums for the first Tenacious D album. Wow. He is our generation's Neil Peart. Gotcha. He is. He is prodigious. He's very good. So the other thing that this section proposes, we learn something new about Nick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's other... it's Velvet Green, baby. I've I've got a little little hint of time and and Velvet Green. I'm good to go. Ooh, the kombucha is hidden. <laughs> in in kombucha, the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, famous famous uh, Caesar quote. Yeah. It's Latin. Yeah. So the the other thing that this that this section proposes to me, and this this continues through the first verse. Okay is this sense of society, this sense of being in the mm-hmm. public view, mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, there's there's a structure there. There's a feeling of of a courtly dance, almost. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. 
And even the way that the first couple of verses are sung, bum, 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 bum. It's, it's clipped, it's proper, yeah. it's got a kind of a, a swing. It leaves room for the Holy Ghost. Yeah, Jesus has room to get in there. Uh, just looking at the lyrics on, online, I mean, the, the structure is so different. Like you said, clipped lines, very... There's a lot of space in very, it. Very sparse, a lot of space. And then once we hit that transition, it, right. it gets dirty, baby. So that's where that's where I would say the this big second sound comes in. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's grungy. Some man in a trench coat, like rubbing up against you on the on the train. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> it's dirty and and untoward. And I mean, that's that's the memory that I. I mean, the the image that I have. Sure. I need to. I need to go talk to someone. Yeah, it's seductive, and it yeah to me it draws this beautiful distinction between public and private. Yeah, and it's not necessarily unwelcomed, and it's not. I mean, there's a there's a degree of skeeve, but it's not like it's not necessarily someone who's going to do something terribly untoward. I I feel like this as as sexy as this character is being, it still hinges upon consent. It does hinge upon consent. Yeah. And I think that what we have here is a persuasive, seductive argument. Oh, 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 sure. Oh, he is he's given it his all because he he wants to experience the velvet green. The yeah. Yeah. Let's not blow our wad, yeah. as they say, quite yet. They we'll, do. We'll talk about lyrics in a minute. But just the way that it's sung, Ian drops into this sort of huskier voice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gets a little closer to the mic. There's a little bit of reverb or echo on the guitar and the and the guitar kind of emphasizes different points you know with that yeah yep go down you know the the sound is softer it's it's airy that acoustic is very airy yeah and then finally the last musical section that that I want to highlight is the break yeah, that one, two, three, four. Yes. Yeah. Which features, go ahead. Uh, you, uh, you're going to say the, the same thing I was going to say. It features the use of the vibra slap. Oh, I was going to say it features the portative organ. Oh. Remember last week we heard that clip of D playing it which was an intro in a live show to this song. That's right, that's right. But that's where we where where we hear that portative organ specifically in here. Do 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 almost almost calliope sounding. Right. And it's got such that it's got that fabulous contrast with the drums again. You know, the, this song is all about the contrast between what you should do and what you want to do. Yes. And and how you can and how you can get the opportunity to do what you want to do. Yeah. It's not just breaking all the rules and and saying society be damned. I mean there there is a level of conniving and and structure here to to get the opportunity to do what you want to do. Which makes it a little more dark than just grabbing life by the the Jimmy Johns and and, yeah. and going to town, you know. It reminds me, in a way, 
of the dynamic in Mozart's La Citarem La Mano from Don Giovanni. And if our listeners aren't familiar with that, that's one of the seduction songs that Don Giovanni sings to a married woman. The title means Give Me Your Hand. And she has this wonderful riposte at one point because, you know, the verses switch between the two of them. And Don Giovanni sings, Give me your hand and I will... You know, my, my little love shack is not far in the woods and, and you know, we can go there. Well, casinetto è mio, soli saremo, e la gioiello mio, ci sposeremo. And she at one point sings, Vorrei e non vorrei, which is, I want and I do not want. (laughs) So it's, you know, there's a long tradition of this kind of musical thesis. Sure. Of seduction versus morals or or social mores uh, restricting that. Or social con- social or biological consequences. It feels like... Have you ever seen Dangerous Liaisons? A long time ago, yeah. Long, long time ago. It feels like that. Ray and I just watched it for the first time. I suggest everyone, if you can handle a period piece and some sexy scandal, like, watch it. Because it is Glenn Close and John Malkovich and Uma Thurman and Michelle Pfeiffer mm. all when they're babies. And they just blow your face off. Glenn Close is... Just mind blowing in it yeah. in, in general, but in that, yeah. But yeah, it's everything has to be played by the rules. Right. So you you manipulate the rules or you manipulate the people who, who keep the rules. Yes. Or you find the moments or the spaces where the rules can't see you. Mm, also that, yeah. Yeah. So the Nick, the, the the last thing that I want to point out about this song musically. Mm-hmm. The several last things, there are five or six last things that I want to point out about this song musically. <laughs> yes, but go the, on. The, the big one is that it ends where it starts. Walking After that whole journey, we go back to the very first verse with that clipped societal proposition. Mm. Yeah. I think we'll talk we'll talk more about like the implications of that. Right, right. Cuz after the moment of carnal heat, like you still got to put your petticoats back on and go back out and dance at the ball or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Nick? I think that we should just I think we should rip off our our clothes and jump into the lyrics. Here. I can't can, I can't stand it any longer. Can I just uh, just a couple of, of notes, a couple three more music things real quick. Oh, building the tension. Yeah, sure. That's just going to tease it. Tease it a little bit more. Xylophone in here. Primo. Yes. Nice. Very nice. Very, very crisp and, and clipped. Works yep. very well with those first couple of verses that you were talking about. The Mando kicks in on when he starts to sing. I believe it's Won't You Have My Company. I think it's once we hit that transition. But when the mandolin kicks in, very nice mandolin. Yeah. Assuming it's it's Ian, I think. Probably. Right? Isn't he our Mando guy? Probably at this stage, he yeah. is the one who is pushing the mandolin. Also, there's so much 
even after the first like little bits of harpsichord synth, there's so much synth going on in the background. I, f- I feel like it's borderline, it's dipping its toes into the water of something like under wraps or A in terms of being so synth heavy. It's not yeah. like 80s synth sounding, but there's so much in there. And, and it's just a different sound from what we've heard the rest of this album. Mm, that's interesting, yeah. But it, it, it blends well, is, is basically. And it doesn't, it doesn't make it feel modern, is the God, thing. no, it's like yeah. It's so electric, but mm-hmm. it really transports you to like, you, you know, you feel like you're on the heath. Yeah, like the rest of this album, it is a perfect amalgam where the, the pieces fit together to give you a whole new sound and a whole new feel. You could almost say that it's a it's a new album of old magic. I you know someone may have said that. Someone should say that. Someone should. There's one other thing that I want to point out and that's that there is a, a heavy use of doubled vocals especially mm. as we get later on in this song. Yeah, Ian Ian goes down for his his bass vocals as well, yeah. He goes down for it. He goes down. Tell your mother that you walked all night on velvet green. So Nick yeah, let's let's do lyrics, definitely. Let's lyric it up. Mm-hmm. Is this character, the Ian telling us the song, the narrator telling us, uh, singing the song, is this him having genuine feelings for the person to whom he sings? Is it him just telling a girl what she wants to hear to get her to go do things that he wants? Is it a couple that's been married for 20 years and they're just role-playing? Who knows? You know... Whatever the truth is, I think that it is worth pointing out that this song, I would say, follows in a tradition of Scottish and and English love ballads. Mm, interesting. Okay. Many of which have the theme of come walk with me, ye bonny lass, and I will tell you how much I love you. Wink, wink, implying the sex. Yeah. And then the bonny lass replies... Oh, but you will prove a false young man. And he says, no, no, no. I mean this to be true. I I will marry you so hard <laughs> after we have sex. And she says, oh, well, if you'll marry me, that's all right, then. You'll never be married as hard as I'm about to marry you. And then, and then of course, you know, the young man says, psych. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's. That is an entire song format that exists. I was trying to look up some specific examples. And if I find any, I will send them to you. But... You know, there are hundreds of songs of that variety, and then there are variations on them. Sure. You know, where where it it reverses the roles or... Mm, okay. One of my very favorite versions of this is the soldier waylaying the bonnie lass and saying, hey, you know, let's let's go for a fun time. And she says, no, no, I have a, I have a lover. And he says, oh, but, you know, what about me? I'm so great, and I will... I'll marry you if you do this thing. And she says, no, 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 I'm waiting for my lover. And at the end... He reveals that he is her lover whom she's been waiting for. Classic. And he, he's come back from the war and she didn't recognize him. So yeah, that lots is, of variations on a theme. Does that happen to Odysseus, I think? I That's, think he, I think he does that to yeah, he sort of, yeah, Penelope. Yeah. Is that his wife? Penelope, absolutely, yeah. Nailed it. He comes and he disguises himself as one of the suitors. Yep. And then he kills all the rest of the suitors. Yeah, because he shoots the arrow through the axes and no one else can do it. And he does the big reveal and says, hey, it's me, it's Odysseus, now I kill you. And Now I kill you. And then, hey, Penelope, I'm back. They make long overdue love on the pile of corpses. steaming corpses. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> All right. So we have the we have the proposal. Sure. Walking on velvet green, singing. Walking on velvet green. Uh, distant cows lowing. Distant cows lowing. He sets the mood. He sets the stage for where the tryst is going to take place, or would would take place if if she agrees to it. Yes, and I do, and because of the music, I do get this impression of of like, oh hey, why don't we go for a little walk? You want to go for a little? You want to get out of here? Want to leave this uh, this party? Oh yeah, yeah. She he he brings her a cup of punch as as he approaches her and and drapes his arm or she drapes her arm through his and they they walk and 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 talk and this, very this proposition yeah. Right. yeah 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 exactly now the in in the lyrics and i believe the lyrics most of the time the lyrics are picked up directly from the the album the sure. album the lyrics presented on the album velvet green seems to be a proper noun here hmm it is capitalized it is referring to some place slash Someone. I would believe that it refers to a specific place. I don't know that it's a real place that exists, but I do think that in the United Kingdom and in a lot of places in Europe, especially in Northern Europe, there is a concept called the right to roam or freedom to roam. Mm. And it basically is written into the law in certain countries that any member of the public has the right to go to, to physically be in various lands, whether they are owned by the government or owned by a private citizen. Huh. So even if the mountain is technically owned by Baron Wutzitz, you have the right to go walking on it. As long as you're not, you know, hunting or poaching or in some, you know, if if it's Sweden, you're not allowed to pick cloudberries from this date to this date. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, there are some regulations, but as long as you're just having a nice walk, you can go and you can even camp. And so and and thus there is a tradition of rambling and walking and, and you know going up into the into the countryside. There was a movement to kind of put an end to that and privatize the land in the 1930s, but mm-hmm. there was a a rebellious group of of young college students who called themselves the Ramblers that started around <laughs> Manchester, who like rebelled against that and would go on these big hikes illegally trespassing, and eventually the eventually the government just said, yeah, okay, we'll make it law so anybody can walk where they want. And occasionally it gets brought up again, you know, in, in various civil suits. But so there's this tradition of let's go and, you know, let's leave the town and go and be free in the wildlands. Yeah, it's who are you to put structure and laws and ownership on nature? And everyone should be able to experience that. Exactly. It, I totally, totally agree. Granted, it's it's a whole hell of a lot harder in like modern day downtown London or New York City. But I mean, there are green spaces, but they're they're specifically set aside for that. Yes. But I think this refers to a more a more like country city divide. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If our theories are correct, if our surmisations are correct, the characters are are an upper class that are used to living in the city and, and used to the the benefits of life. Because if, if these were two farmers, there wouldn't be too much novel about going out into the greens and Well, and I don't know. I mean things. I mean, you know, we we do have the the line distant cows lowing makes me believe that it is away from any kind of civilization. So maybe it's, you know, maybe this hmm. is the big 
a yearly party where everyone, all the milkmaids do dress up and okay. have a bit of fun. And someone is suggesting, you know, let, let's leave all this behind. Sure. Even for the farmers going going off beyond the fences, going off Absolutely. into the, the less inhabited. Okay, I get that. It, and so I think that Velvet Green represents freedom, in a sense. You know, a separation from the constraints of society. I love that. And mm-hmm. I... <laughs> Okay. And I think it works, but I I think you are giving our narrator too much credit. I think Velvet Green is a nickname that he has given the girl whom he wants to to go off and and disappear with for 15 minutes, 20 if he's lucky. Let's let's set that theory aside for okay. now and we okay. can revisit it. Okay. But either way, the first indication of his intent we get with Never Care With Your Legs In The Air. And when I very first listened to this, I thought, oh, because they're skipping. Oh, right, right. We're frolicking through a field. Ha ha ha. Let's go. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And then later I attended some parties where people were not super good about closing their curtains. And I uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's what that means. That's all oh, their legs are literally in the air. Literally in the air. So let's move into the next section. Won't you have my company? Yes. Take it in your hands. Won't you have my company? Yes. Take it in your hands. Yeah. Take my company in your hands. See, there, there's so much, so much thinly veiled innuendo, but there's always something that you can fall back on and say, oh, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant this. Did yeah, you yeah, mean, yeah. oh my goodness, no, how, how I'm so embarrassed. So I think we can agree company in this case refers to his, his turgid baguette. His riding crop. It's his dick. It's his dick, yeah. So go down on Velvet Green with a countryman who's a young girl's fancy and an old mm. maid's dream. So, who's a young girl's fancy and an old maid's dream. Here's a really amazing reuse and reversal of a line that we had in a previous song on a previous album. Nick, pop quiz, do you know which one I'm oh, referring to? gosh, no. Begins with a B. Give me a B. Bore? Give me an A. Backstreet Boys. Give me a D. Bad-Eyed and Loveless. Bad-Eyed and Loveless. No wonder I didn't you got remember it. it. Okay. So the line there is, I have it, I pulled it up one. While you're looking that up, I think go down on Velvet Green again that she is the woman, that Velvet Green is the woman here. I think go down on Velvet Green is more more innuendo than than you're giving it credit. A young man's fancy and an old man's dream is the line oh, in Bad Eyed and Loveless. My gosh, I'm so upset I didn't catch that, but I'm glad that you did. A young man's fancy and an old man's dream. Well, so I think that there is certainly an innuendo there. I think that the innuendo is more subtle than you are giving it credit for. I think that the the line is we'll go down on Velvet Green. We'll go down on we'll go down to the park. Yeah. And then the phrase go down on is hidden in there yeah. for you know it, for everyone to see. Right. Yeah, right. V- vaguely vaguely veiled. And then we have the line, tell your mother that you walked all night on Velvet Green. Tell your mother that you walked all night on Velvet Green. So this is this is what clued, cued me into 
this tradition of sexy ballads. Because often mm. mm-hmm. in these ballads, the re- the response from the maiden who is getting potentially seduced or pressured into, into a sex act is, oh, but what will my mother say? Or, oh, but my mother will be there. So like the mother is yeah. often an impediment to the to the act of love. So our wise singer already has a solution, a ready-made solution <laughs> oh, sure, for yeah. that. He may have used this before uh, on someone else. It's possible. It's possible. Let's put that aside and come back to that later. Before we leave this stanza, if I were a womanizer. Womanizer, womanizer, you're a womanizer, baby. Is that a song? Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Taylor Swift, baby. No wonder. If I were a womanizer, I would 100% glime on to who's a young girl's fancy and an old man's dream. That line is just so visceral and like, like, yeah. Like, there's no machismo in me whatsoever. The doctors have done tests. They can't find a drop of it. But that line makes me be, makes me feel like, gross. I want to control women. Like for this brief moment of like, you put it so well, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Some part of you wants to be a young girl's fancy and an old maid's dream. Yeah. Thank you for putting it that way. Because that's, yeah. No. Yeah. Like I, that's something sure. to strive for. You know, like the way he puts it is so. Yeah. So beautifully poetic. And because it is so beautifully poetic, it allows for a level of excuse. Like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I may be bad, but at least I'm, I'm poetically bad. I'm bad, but bad. I'm, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm so bad, it's, it's good. Can't put it to words. I, I apologize wholeheartedly. Sure. Tell your mother, who, by the way, wants me to, mm. that you walked all night on Velvet Right, she's the old maid, yeah. Yeah, make your mom jealous. Yeah. Wow, fun. I'll stay with her only if she's... Over 45? What's that line from? If she's if she's 45 or older, I'll make love to her next Tuesday. There it is. Yep. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. If you're 39 or over, I'll make love to you next Thursday. Uh-huh. Um, here we have another one of these geographical innuendos. One dusky half hour's ride up to the north. One dusky half hour's ride up to the north. So, you know, on the face of it, we have a little description of geography. If you ride half an hour to the north, you'll get to Velvet Green. But also, a dusky half hour's ride. Mm. Yes. On the, the penis mobile. The, the ride. The ride is the key word there, yeah. Yeah. And, like, yes, you can, at dusk, you can ride up to a place. Or at dusk, when it's easier to not be noticed, you can slip out. and Also, dusky it has an implication of sexiness just in itself. Does it? It's, is it like a, I, a dark and mysterious? Dusky? Maybe, I may have just made that up. But I feel like, um, I feel like often in, in literature when someone is referred to as a, a dusk, you know, a dusky maid or a, mm. that is, um, you know, it, it goes along with the kind of exotification of of people with darker skin. Yeah, it's which it's, I'm so familiar with. It is used euphemistic or poetic reference to black or other dark skinned people as yeah. a, a dated reference. It's also an English electronic music duo from London called uh, called Dusky. 
That's what people usually mean when they refer to me as dusky skinned because I have so many tattoos of that band. Yeah. And that's I think that's what Ian meant here. During the yep. half hour's ride, he listened to Dusky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So and here we get here we get the kind of interesting cent- central thesis of the song for me. There lies your reputation and all that you're worth. There lies your reputation, all that you worth. Where the scent of wild roses turns the milk to cream. Mm. Where the scent of wild roses turns the milk to cream. Tell your mother that you walked all night on velvet green. So, whew. Another innuendo there. Thank you very much. That turns the milk to cream? Mm-hmm. Do you want to, do you want to unpack that innuendo or... Um... Do we have to? No. Okay. It's... Yeah. <sighs> but there lies your reputation and all that you're worth is very interesting. All that you're worth... <sighs> Which for, for people of that time, really, reputation was... Super crazy important. So, I mean, those two being hand in hand makes total sense. Yes, but I also think that all that you're worth is a little bit of a, a slip of the true intention of the speaker. Mm. All you're worth to me is what is, you're going to give me up on Velvet Green. Yeah, okay. Which is access to your your underpants. Access to the scent of your wild rose. Ever since I first started listening to this song... I've I've thought of it as him speaking to himself there. Oh, that's interesting. He kind of goes quiet. At that moment, he goes a little introspective, and it's like he's mumbling to himself, or or that's his internal monologue. There lies your reputation. It's a lot like John Malkovich's character in Dangerous Liaisons. He won't take the challenge of seducing this one girl because it's too easy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is a little bit Don Giovanni-like as well. Yes. If I, God, if I can't do this, then exactly, who am I? It's his whole identity. Oh, that's interesting. I've made my intentions clear to enough people that if I don't succeed here, I'm in trouble. Hmm. I like that there are two possible interpretations of that. Yeah. Yeah, I do do like yours, though. I I think maybe that makes more sense. I don't know if I was reading too much into it or whatever. Well, I think they're both valid. I mean, that's the beauty of of l'art is that it it can be interpreted in more than one way. That's the, the French name for Jethro Tull. Is that what it translates yes. to? Yep. L'art. Next verse. Next verse. Same as the first. No, it's not. And the long grass blows in the evening cool. And the long grass blows in the evening cool. More imagery, more feeling of, of where they are at this point. They've made it to a point that has long grass. Yes, but also we have some innuendo. Blows. If there's grass okay, on sure. the field, play ball. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I, I'm thinking velvet green is, to be honest. But yeah, mm, go on. An illusion. green? Uh, green meaning like young and new. Oh, okay. I yeah. was like, geez. Better see a doctor. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, there is there is an implication of age difference here. You know, the fact that he yeah. is a country man. Right. And there is a lot of imagery describing the woman as as young just the fact that she would have to explain something to her mother. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, I think is, I think is is a, a decent is decently indicative of, as to her kind of age. Although if she were I think kind of regardless of her age, if she were unmarried, she would still probably be living with her family. Yes. Yes, but if she's unmarried, she's probably quite young. Also that, yeah, they the instances are very rare where it's 
a 30-year-old woman unmarried at that'd be that'd be an old maid at the exactly the the time that we assume this is taking place in yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so and then here's the line that i think is the, the most the most one of the most cleverly written and august's rare delights may be april's fool and august's rare delights may be april's fool hey nick omen i'm no mathematician right but t- tell me how many months there are between August and April. Oh, is it nine? Yes. I did not catch that. Oh, really? That's very good. Let's see, August, September, November, October, December, January, February, March, April. Oof, that's I got good. the order wrong, but I think that's, I got it Yeah, I think something fell off there. <laughs> So let's take this whole verse together. And the long grass blows in the evening cool. You know, the, the, the environment is set. And August's rare delights may be April's fool, but think not of that, my love. I'm tight against the seam. Yeah. And I'm, I'm growing up growing to meet up. you down on Velvet yeah. Green. Oof. But think not of that, my love. I'm tight against the seam. And I'm growing up to meet you down on Velvet Green. So what do you think Tita against the scene refers I, to? It's, I am pressed against my breeches. Yep. And yeah, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's not a concern. Not a concern. Because yeah. I have a raging erection that needs to be handled. It is. I mean, we're getting yeah. we're getting into really gross, like persuasive, guilt trippy, like really sexual predator territory we're getting here. Well, yes, but also... This is a theme in human sexuality. Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, regardless of gender and regardless of anything, you know, there when people are in the throes of heat, as it were, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. logic goes a bit out the window and there's not much, you know, like the, the part of the brain which is about long-term thinking and, and consequences kind of shuts down. It reminds me yeah. of yeah. that Meatloaf song. I do anything for love, but I won't no, do that. No, 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 no. Um, Bad out of hell? You're just playing with me now. <laughs> Those are literally the only two meatloaf songs I know. Hold, so. hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Paradise by the Dashboard oh, Lights. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. And all the kids at school, they were wishing they were me that night. And now our bodies are oh so close and tight. It never felt so good. It never felt so right. And we're glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. Glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. And all the kids at school, they were wishing they were me that night. And now our bodies are so close and tight. It never felt so good, it never felt so right. And we're glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. Glowing like the metal on the edge of a knife. Come on, hold on tight. And then, of course, oh my God, there are a lot of lyrics to this song. It's a, I mean, it's meatloaf that's... He tells a story. He paints a picture. And then the woman says, before we go any further, do you love me? Will you love me forever? Yeah. Stop right there. I gotta know right now. Before we go any further, do you love me? Will you love me forever? Do you need me? Will you never leave me? Will you make me so happy for the rest of my life? Will you take me away? Will you make me away? And then to which he proposed, let me sleep on it. <laughs> Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it Let me sleep on it, I 
And in that, it's let me sleep on it. There's yeah. innuendo there as well. Yeah. 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 Let me. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's let's round out this this act here. Now let me tell you that it's love and not just lust. And if we live the lie, let's lie in trust. Well, that's almost Shakespearean. Mm-hmm. On golden daffodils to catch the silver stream that washes out the wild oat seed on velvet green. Now let me tell you that it's a lot of love just lost. If we live the life, let's lie in trust On golden daffodils to catch the silver screen That washes out the wild oak seed on velvet green There's some imagery for you. Yeah. So I, I, did a little, I did a little research. That makes me think of Sow Your Wild Oats. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So the etymology behind that bad boy mm. is that it first attested in the 1560s. Okay. Wild oats are a crop that one would regret sowing in reference to the folly of sowing this unpredictable crop as mm. opposed to a grain that you know will give you a good amount and you know where it's going to grow and things like that. Right. In terms of that transferring over into a man having sex with as many women as possible, wild oats right. here are, you're sowing your oats, but you don't know what's going to come of it. Right. So you could have a hypothetical unwanted offspring. Yes, but also that, you know, if we follow the metaphor, the sower of the oats is mobile, whereas the land exactly, yeah. is stationary. Yep. I, I'm very fascinated by the line, and if we live the lie, let's lie in trust. It's just amazing. Let's both keep it a secret? Oh, I think it's, I'm going to tell you that I love you, and this isn't just about sex. And if we both believe that lie, <laughs> okay. then trust if me. You, yeah, if you trust me that that is true, then... Yeah, let's, 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 let's assume that's true for the moment. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And yeah. then we have this beautiful imagery of the daffodil and the silver stream, which... Mm-hmm. I, which at first I was like, oh my God, that's just so like pretty and poetic. And then it's, I was like, oh my God. Everything on the surface, everything paints such a gorgeous picture. Like I can yeah. see all of this happening. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you can and see And then I see it all, all happening. It happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I see like the moonlight over the trickling stream, the silver stream. And I, I see pressed down daffodils that was their bed you know yeah all yeah totally but then also the daffodil you know a bit of an unusual flower choice for uh, an image of a vagina but you know sure sure but clear and then the daffodil catching the silver stream mm, okay yeah i didn't think of that yeah but daffodils are spring flowers and he's talking about this in august yeah, but it's in the mountains. It's the scotch, all, yeah. scotch pines grow in uh, in cooler climates, and so probably the daffodils bloom later or something like that. Who knows? I'm Who knows? He grew a... up in Blackpool. He's never seen a daffodil. Civilization is raging the on your skies. 
Dream is lovers under the stars. We're doing it. But civilization raging afar. So they have removed themselves from civilization, but it is inevitable that they must return to it. It's still there, yeah. This may be an escape for a couple of hours, but, yeah, but ultimately they, they do have to go back to society, to their positions, to their homes, right. to their families. And the ragged dawn breaks on your battle scars, and you walk home cold and alone upon Velvet Green. So then the fact that we return to the first verse and the first musical note after that Mm -hmm. really makes me think that this is this is a love them and leave them wash and repeat type situation for our singer. Yeah. I told all the beautiful lies. I've described all the beautiful flowers to get what I want. Now I'm going to back out of that or pull out of that. And. The, you know, the unfortunate seduced young lady has to yeah. walk home cold and alone to tell a lie to her mother and potentially deal with the consequences in nine months. And then, oh, hello there. Oh, a new pretty lady to... Have to... you ever been up to Velvet Green? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's the name for the spot that he takes all of these women to. That's what I think. Yeah. It just kills me that the the very last line in terms of new lyrics, the very last line is basically telling him like, yeah, walk of shame. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If we look at our control group song, which is Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf, we have a similar, a similar geographical setup. I remember every little thing as if it happened only yesterday. Parking by the lake and there was not another car in sight. Hmm. And I never had a girl looking any better than you did. It's it's make out point. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think in Mexico, New York, it was the quarry. Oh, I never, I never went there. Neither did I. You never went to the quarry. I I never had reason to go to the quarry in Mexico, New York. I, I was but... never invited. Oh, I didn't have a car. <laughs> Any number of reasons, but yeah, yeah. Not to get too terribly graphic, I'm going to dance around the subject. But as the ragged dawn breaks on your battle scars. Has he taken her virginity here? I think that that is a a reasonable possible conclusion. Yeah, it it feels kind of maidenhead and and totally. You got hurt, but you'll you'll get back up, you'll heal and and carry on kind of thing. Well, and that also, you know, going back to those traditional songs, that is a that is a common topic. Is it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like one of the common themes is the preservation or taking of maidenhead. Sure. Whether the chastity is maintained or not. Yeah. Which, you know, is deeply couched in misogynistic culture, which historically has oppressed women and, you know, reduced the value of women to their marital and or fertility or sexual status, which is 
really problematic and, and messed up, and we need to move beyond that, even though we have not fully. And that men can go sow those wild oats? Yeah, that that's sort of a, an expectation of or a, a valuable thing. Yeah, it's really a terrible yeah, and highly damaging so double standard that yeah. we've had for most of history. Yeah. I want to give you one small little anecdote. <laughs> About, not about my sex life, Nick. Jeez. I mean, I mean I, I'm pretty sure I know all of those anecdotes, so go on. Um, that's for a different podcast. But um, <laughs> no, I want to talk about the vibraslap, <laughs> yes, which is the instrument, not, still not referring to still my sex life. Still not your sex life. Got it. They used to call me the vibraslap. I can Ooh. Okay. So the first time I ever heard this song, hilariously, I was probably 16. Sounds right. Yeah. And I had just bought the CD- from Barnes and Noble gotcha. at the mall in uh-huh. Syracuse. And I couldn't wait. So as I was driving back to Mexico, New York with my mom yes. and my stepdad, yep. both both scientists, I was like, can I please play this album? They were like, yeah, sure. So we listened to it and they both just had the most terrible expression on their faces the entire time. <laughs> and when the vibraslap sound happened, my stepfather, bless him, Took his foot off the gas, started veering off the road, and was like, what was that sound? Something's wrong with the car. <laughs> you definitely told us this story the last time the Viper Slap was on. No, but it was it was literally this song, I I promise. No, I I know, I know. But the last time we heard the Viper Slap, it was it inspired this story. It's a great yeah. story, and it just makes me think of that is the epitome of Al of not knowing that degree, like that a, that an instrument could make that noise. <laughs> Well, when you listen to Yanni for most of your life, <laughs> prog rock is a little little too spicy. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah. <sighs> Nick, anything else that we want to say about this song, or are we fully spent? I am sated and satisfied. I think that is enough for for this song. I am fully pregnant. Oh, there it is. Nick, what are we going to be talking tell about next week? Next week is the song The Whistler. <gasps> yeah. Any tall song is an Ian Anderson anthem. Hmm. It's The Whistler. It's it's quite a it's quite a big song for us. Is it? It's quite a big song for me. Oh, okay. Well, until next week. until next week you don't have to do anything that you want to do but if you give us five stars baby we'll love you forever I'm I'm pressing against my iTunes right now (laughs) I feel so awful Listen, don't think about it and give us five stars now and in nine months if that makes other lists you know if that births us another listener Hey, let, okay. I'll take that's, that. That's uh that's later Nick and Owen's problem. You don't have to tell your mom that you subscribe to our Patreon. No, you definitely don't. You don't. You can just tell your mom that you were listening to Dusky. 
<laughs> Tell her you're spending that $5 a month on crack cocaine instead. That of... is a much more respectable thing to do with your money. <laughs> Until next week, I am Omen Said. I am Nick McGill. Despite our best efforts, we are feckless moms. And this, begrudgingly, is Talk Tall to Me. Ow! There you are. Well, look who finally decided to come home. I burned through three candles waiting for you. I was waiting for you to call, and I didn't have any dinner. I wanted to eat. Your your father wanted me to eat. But I said, what if she calls while I have food in my mouth? I kept your food warm and perfectly tempt. The entire time. Go enjoy it. I'll just sit here and waste away. I see that you are wearing your new dress. You look beautiful in it. What is that? Is what? Why is the back of it smushed like? Is that daffodil petals? Is that grass stain on the back of your skirt? Oh my god. Do you know how hard I worked on that skirt? Do you know how much scrubbing that is going to take? Just, you know what? I'm going to fill up the copper bathtub right now. Those daffodils only grow on the velvet green. What were you doing up on the velvet green? I've seen those daffodils before. I... <gasps> I've seen those daffodils about 18 years ago. I I remember that night. There was that dashing young... You remember him, Betty, don't you? Oh that dashing man. Goodness. I remember we were at the ball. Yeah. And he said, we should go to Velvet Queen together. Oh, his calves? Oh, my God. They were so thickly pressed up against his silk stockings. His calves, Margaret. His calves. I remember them. I remember he leaned in close to both of us, and he said oh. into both of our ears simultaneously, Talk tell to me as a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. Oh, my brisket. <laughs>